I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Prim was the first to step out of the elevator, holding Astia's hand before she could elaborate further. Sheldon stepped out second and saw that there was only one table on this floor, which seated the only guest in the room, Mammon, Ischer, Anseal. Sheldon could feel his heart race and eyes widen as he finally saw his date for the first time. Anseal was tall, perhaps slightly taller than Primrose. He was humanoid, but had insectoid features and wings that were reminiscent of a fly. He presented extremely femininely and wore a suit jacket with nothing underneath but a leather pentagram harness which drew Sheldon's eye directly to Anseal's chest. Sheldon suddenly felt very thankful that he didn't appear to him as an over-the-hill law school professor with an awful mustache. Anseal stood up from the table and approached them. Primrose, it's good of you and the family to finally come. Sheldon was mesmerized by how Anseal moved, the intermittent buzzing of his transparent wings, the way his hips swayed, the subtle bounce as his sharp heels clicked against the marble floor. And of course, Anseal stood in front of him now, smiling and extending his hand. I'm very happy to see you again, Mr. Katz. I've been waiting to meet you off hours for some time now. Hopefully the feeling is mutual. He was so close to him now. When Sheldon saw the fly form Anseal took, he had expected him to smell of stale blood and rotting flesh, of decay and death. Instead, Anseal smelled of flowers. Fresh, fragrant flowers, like a meadow during the spring. That floral smell lingered strongly around Anseal, from the top of his head to the curls at the bottom of his hair, to his neck and clavicle, down to his chest and towards his... Sheldon, my eyes are up here, Anseal said sweetly, gently tilting Sheldon's head upward to meet his eyes. Sheldon Katz could only blush a deep red as he realized he had been ogling him this whole time. I, um he stammered, trying his best to regain his composure. Yes, the feeling is mutual. I'm happy to see you too, Anseal. Oh yes, I can tell, Sheldon, Anseal giggled softly. His gentle laughter felt like music to Sheldon's ears. His voice was as sultry and husky as Primrose had imitated prior. Sheldon wondered briefly if Adrian and Prim had been wrong about Anseal not being a succubus. All right, all right, moneybugs, Adrian smirked behind them. We got time for that mushy stuff later. Right now, we gotta eat. Yita, I don't know about you, but I'm famished. Astia licked her lips as everyone took their seats. Oh, Sheldon, 
You should have the void horse entrails. It's simply to die for, she suggested. Oh, right. He was supposed to eat something. Katz hummed as he opened the menu. He ran his fingers across the almost too smooth surface of the menu and thought about the contract Ansiel had produced for him years ago. He wondered if this too was made of human skin. Not to be rude, but I may have to pass up on that. I also don't know if anything here is safe for me. Sheldon rubbed his chin and worried briefly if asking for a kosher dinner would come across as culturally insensitive in hell. We thought ahead on that as well, Prim began. The food, at least for your meal specifically, will be perfectly fit for human consumption. It also will not come from a sapient life form, kill you, keep you trapped in hell forever, etc. And also, I may have helped a smidge, Anseel smiled. And while I know you aren't Jewish in the religious sense, I had the chefs prepare something special for you. They have the whole front half of a cow, a Japanese black from the Matsusaka region, and rated A5, ritually slaughtered with strict adherence to the cash root, and ready to cook however you want. Wait, how did you... You get a kosher meal... here. Sheldon raised an eyebrow, impressed that Ansel not only managed to get kosher food in hell, but a whole half a cow's worth of the most expensive and highest possible rated Japanese Wagyu money could ever buy. Wait, Sheldon suddenly thought, Japanese Wagyu had never been prepared kosher before, only American Wagyu. While American Wagyu was already a luxury to him, the thought of biting into authentic Japanese Wagyu, let alone the most absurdly expensive version of it, was always something of a distant fantasy for him. The fact that Ansel had not only produced half an entire cow, but somehow had it prepared kosher, astounded him. I had to pull a few strings, call in a few favors, maybe threaten a few people, but it wasn't too difficult. Ansel smiled proudly. I may be greedy, but I'm not selfish. I want you to have a nice dinner too, Sheldon. I... Wow, that's incredibly thoughtful of you, Ansel. Well, of course. I think about you a lot, Sheldon, Ansel said, his voice sounding as sweet as sugar. I know quite a bit about you, Ansel continued. Like, for instance, I knew that turning into your law professor would be a good mind game all those years ago. Sheldon's eyes widened. So that's why you did that? I always figured it was you attempting to throw me off my game and not... Well... You being secretly attracted to a law school professor with a spectacularly awful mustache, the size of a small ugly dog? Like a lightning bolt, the intrusive mental image of Professor Kopilov appeared in his mind, topless, with nothing but Ansel's leather harness on. Kopilov's mental apparition smiled, winked, and made his greasy mustache wiggle like a very hairy caterpillar. Sheldon could only grimace and turned his eyes to look away. I, well, sorry, sorry, I couldn't help but tease, Ansel giggled, a good-natured giggle that sparkled and managed to put Sheldon at ease. Honestly, and I mean this as a compliment, 
I don't think there was much else I could have done to tempt you. Sheldon adjusted his bow tie slightly and felt the gentle sting of embarrassment. Well, if Anseal wanted to tease, then two could play at that game. He smiled as he thought of the perfect thing to say. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm sure a succubus like yourself could think of something. Anseal's eyes nearly popped out of his head as he heard Sheldon say that. His shoulders tensed. His wings flared out and buzzed involuntarily. All the archdemon could do was to make a sound that was somewhere in between a strangled scream and a choked laugh. Um, Anseal began to say, but couldn't finish. Sheldon couldn't help but laugh as he felt more than a little proud of himself that he could make an archdemon embarrassed. He saw that Anseal had folded his legs together and begun to fidget. His hand reached up to the gold hoop of his leather collar and tugged at it absentmindedly. That was embarrassment, right? Sheldon thought to himself. Anseal's face was nearly peach pink, and behind those red fractal sunglasses, Sheldon and Anseal's eyes met. Anseal didn't look embarrassed exactly. No, it wasn't embarrassment in Anseal's eyes at all. Only a raw desire, an almost animal need. Pure, uncut, <clears throat> Gentlemen, Primrose said. I hate to interrupt, but... Oh, yes, right, dinner. Sheldon snapped out of it and looked back to his menu, more flustered than he had been prior. Anseal, likewise, readjusted his wings and pushed his glasses back up, wiping a bead of sweat from his forehead. Sheldon cleared his throat. In that case, I think I'll have... Set B. Wagyu steak with the egg fried rice, garlic and truffles. For drinks, I'll have whatever's on the tap. Apologies, sir. We don't have a tap. A waitress manifested behind him, walking into view. Sheldon wasn't quite sure what kind of demon she was. A black sheep, evidently. We have Babylon's Orchard Hard Cider brimstone chocolate liquor, a year's zero muscaria brandy, and numerous wines of the blood, red, and white variety. Oh, um, I'll have the hard cider. Sheldon paused for a moment as he registered that name. Babylon. He turned to Primrose, who sat next to him. Wait, that was your mother's name, correct? You are indeed correct, Primrose said with a polite nod. If you see a company bearing my mother's name, chances are I have my hand in it. Do you own this company? I would not say I own it, Primrose continued, but I am a majority shareholder and was able to rename the company once Therian's name had been denounced thoroughly. I think you will enjoy it. Excellent choice. And the rest of you? The waitress asked, before diligently taking everyone's orders. Sheldon was sure that everyone else's orders contained some kind of people meat. But not Anseal's. His meal was a salad and small serving of egg rolls. You know what's really special about this restaurant, Sheldon? Aside from it being proprietary of the Mammon family, that is. I don't. Please enlighten me. Sheldon leaned in a smidge, just enough so that his date could see his interest for himself. 
The dark angel paused for a second, but kept the same suave facade going. You get dinner and a show. It was as if on cue, the Minotaur chef emerged from the back, pushing a cart full of ingredients to the countertop opposite the dinner guests. In a rare event, Sheldon's eyes lit up. He'd been to teppanyaki restaurants on Earth before once or twice, though only for special occasions, office celebrations for tactical theology after negotiating difficult, important deals. Getting drunk with Primrose and Adrian and chewing into a thick slab of American Wagyu was cathartic after having to deal with the Infernal Revenue Service and fucking Marion. Dear Lord, you guys thought of everything. Kat smiled as their waitress began pouring their drinks. I can tell you jumped through a lot of hoops for this dinner. For my sake, no less. Thank you. I really appreciate everything you did to make this night happen. Of course, dear. Ansel folded his hands together, the buzz of his voice almost like a sweet, rumbling purr to Sheldon's ear. A man of your caliber deserves the very best the mammons have to offer. It was no sooner than he said that, that the clanging of metal on metal rang out through the room. The chef spun his spatulas together in his hands, each collision giving off a small shower of sparks, eventually leading to the countertop igniting briefly. The chef must have oiled the grill prior to starting the show. Sheldon's dinner was the first to cook, likely to avoid contamination. The bull covered the wagyu in just enough salt to cure it, but not enough to taint the flavor. After all, such a prime cut was better prepared as pure as possible. What Sheldon didn't expect was the chef to flip the steak several feet in the air, hit it with a fireball, and catch it on a spatula, before flipping it again to dice it into several perfect, evenly cut strips mid-air. What transpired after that was a whirlwind of ingredients and various meats of an origin that would be considered more dubious in Sheldon's eyes. Yet, aside from the egg-fried rice that most of the party also had, his meal never once touched the others. Frankly, the display was mesmerizing. Sheldon looked over to gauge the others' reactions. Astia was practically drooling, only being pulled out of her hunger-induced trance by her partner, not so discreetly sneaking in a kiss. Both women, of course, were wagging their tails at a breakneck pace. Adrian was leaning their head against Morningstar's chest, not even trying to be subtle. I love you so much, you big beautiful himbo. Love you too, puppy, Morningstar cooed, scritching Adrian's head, focusing around the base of their horns in particular. Then, his date. Ansel was taking a sip of his cider when he noticed the human sneaking a glance. Normally, Sheldon would have looked away and pretended he wasn't looking, but something possessed him to whisper. You know, it's kind of unfair. Hmm? What is? Ansel questioned, his wings almost shivering. You arranged this spectacular display. And I can't even pay attention to the food. Display? What do you... Oh, oh my. Ansel blushed. 
He didn't know why such a compliment was making him feel this way, but he couldn't just not return the favor. You look very handsome yourself. Really? Glad you think so. Sheldon smiled and placed his hand on the table. Oh, I know so, in fact. Anseal leaned in, tantalizingly close, enough to whisper, and placed his own hand on Sheldon's. I think your tie is adorable. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people. Or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel, by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.